We want to start out by apologizing for the last couple of weeks. You may have had us DVR'd or have not been able to find us on television. Uh, Our program was uh, interrupted for previously scheduled events, and we want to welcome you back today. This is our last sermon in the Uncomfortable Gospel series. I hope that it will really speak to your heart. It's a sermon dealing with the uncomfortable transition. As we conclude this sermon series, it has been one of the most profound series that I have ever preached through in my life. It has really impacted me in a tremendous way. If you would be interested in receiving this sermon series, you can either go online and it's on our website at family-grace.com and you can go back and pull all of those up under our archive files Or, if you're interested in having some DVDs of this series, or all of it, if you would just email us, uh, let us know, call us, write us, any way you want to communicate to us, it would be a great honor to be able to get this series to you, to go back through it and begin to see what God is saying. It was a long series, and God is going to do something special in this uncomfortable time of transition today. If you have your Bible, turn to 1 Kings 19. Let's see what the Lord says. He says, what are you doing here? And he said, Lord, I'm the only one left in verse 15. And he said, I want you to go and return to Damascus the way you came. And when you arrive there, I want you to anoint Hazel as king. I want you to anoint Jew as king over Israel. And then I want you to anoint Jew. And then he goes on and he says in verse 17, then Jew will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Hazel. And Elisha will put to death whoever escapes the sword of Jew. But I will leave 7,000 in Israel, every knee that has not bowed to Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Are you with me, church? Say amen. And then Elijah left, and he went and found Elisha. And he was plowing in the field. And then all of a sudden he had 12 teams of oxen that were with him in front of him. And as he was with the 12th team, Towards the back, Elijah walked by him and threw his mantle on him. And Elisha left the oxen and ran to follow Elijah and said, Hey, please let me go back and kiss my father and mother and then I will follow you. And he said, Go back, he replied, for what have I done to you? So he turned back and following him, he took the team of oxen, slaughtered them with the oxen's wood, with the with the, with the oxen's wooden yoke and, yoke and plow, he cooked the meat and he gave it to the people and they ate it. Then he left and followed Elijah and he served them. Now I want to read you one more passage of scripture. It's found in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 32. It's in the song of Moses. Moses is talking about the blessing and here's what it says in Deuteronomy 32, 11 and 12. And here's, is he's laying this out for us. Wow, what a picture. What a picture of what God is doing. It says, and he watches over his nest like an eagle who hovers over his young. He spreads his wings and catches him and lifts him up upon his pinions. And the Lord alone led him with no help from a foreign God. Would you underline that in your Bible? Foreign God. No help from a foreign God. 
God. So as we look about this, I want to talk to you about the uncomfortable transition. In the book of uh, Kings, we see the uncomfortable transition. In the book of King, uh, Deuteronomy, we see where the eagle is stirring up the nest. And so as we think about this, it's so interesting because what Elijah had been through was the loss of all of his friends and his partners and the prophets who served God with him. The Bible says he was the only one left. But I want you to know that when you're the only one left, God's not finished with you. Here's what he told Elijah. I'm not finished with you yet. What are you doing here? I wonder what would happen if God would come to us and say, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? What are you doing here? I wonder if he'd come to our churches in central Louisiana and say, what are you doing here? I'm telling you that we're walking around with our mouth dropped open, our shoulders slumped down, living in a spirit of defeat thinking, oh my goodness, this whole thing's lost. The Supreme Court's gone crazy. Our politicians are slapped nuts. We're embracing socialism. We're kicking away capitalism. Where shall we go? And we think this whole thing is going down. I'm telling you that you would think the church gets its power from the government. You would think the church gets its power from the world. You would think the church gets the power from its peers. But I am telling you today that God has given us power from on high. The Bible says in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, a missional concept for family of grace, that you shall go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And when the Holy Spirit shows up, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. My brothers and sisters in Christ today, it was an uncomfortable transition when the Holy Spirit ushered into that upper room that day and did away with religion and brought man into a concept of a relationship with a thrice holy God. And the Holy Spirit showed up and they didn't know what to do and they didn't know where to turn but I want you to know today it's an uncomfortable transition right now we are casting off restraint we are casting it away we are embracing in this country everything that is ungodly that is unrighteous that is immoral that is unholy and we think we've lost the war I want you to understand something today man did not appoint us man did not commission us man did not start it the Bible says says that upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Today I want you to know that we shall rise up church. We shall rise up church. We shall wait upon the Lord. We shall mount up with the wings of eagles. We shall run and not get weary. We shall walk and we shall not faint. Oh my brothers and sisters in Christ today in the authority of the word of God and the authority of his principles God started this thing. God God's going to maintain it. God's going to give the victory because he is the alpha. Can you say amen, church? He is the omega. Can you say amen, church? He is in the beginning and he is in the end. And can I tell you, he's everything from A. He's everything to Z. What that means today is that if you're an architect, he is the great rule. If you are a baker, he is the bread of life. If you are a carpenter, he is the rule that you measure by. If you are a doorkeeper, he is the door. I'm telling you today, it doesn't matter what you do in this world from A to Z. He is in the beginning, in the middle of it. Can you give him praise in the house of the Lord today? An uncomfortable transition. An uncomfortable transition was because there was an uncomfortable future ahead. Do you believe our future is uncomfortable? Do you believe no man knows the future? Do you believe that, church? For the longest, we could have a comfortable future. You could think if you could get you a good job, 
go to school, a company would hire you for a lifetime and you would retire there. Do you know that's not the norm anymore? Do you know that's not the norm anymore? The future is unknown. I'm telling you, it changes so much. This world is changing so quickly. It's evolving so quickly. that I mean, we were, we were in our, our sermon prep this week, and somebody made the statement. They said, I, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, the stuff we're hearing on the news, you really can't even make this stuff up. We were talking about the gender identity issue and, and as we were preparing for a sermon on that. And we were talking about this week, somebody came out and said, well, gender's really fluid. So if you feel like a man on Monday, you could feel like a girl on Saturday. It's fluid. And somebody said, you can't even make this stuff up. Can you say amen? I mean, I don't know where it comes from. It's crazy. But I'm telling you that in the middle of insanity, God has positioned us. In the middle of a city that is going crazy. In the middle of a city that is overcome with despair. In the middle of a city where crime is running rampant. In the middle of a city where poverty is growing day after day, day in and day out. In the middle of a city where marriages are falling apart. In the middle of a city where businesses are closing the doors as they can't make it anymore. In the middle of a city where drugs is running rampant I'm telling you that God has positioned us at family of grace to be the difference to leave a mark on this city for the glory of God but we've got to get out from behind the sheetrock the sheetrock dust is going to kill us it's going to poison us it has poisoned the church the sheetrock dust and today what I want you to know that we have an uncomfortable future Elijah said I don't even know what my future is Lord just take me home just take me home, Lord. I don't know what the future is, Lord. And God said, son, what are you doing here? Lord, I don't know what the future is. Just take me home. And he said, son, what are you doing here? And then he said, would you just get up? I've got 7,000 people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. They need a voice. They need a mouthpiece. They need an ambassador. I'm telling you today, quit looking to the looniism of this world and stand and stand in the Christology of Christ Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. I'm telling you, stand in him. Stand on his rock. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, unshakable is what it says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 57. As be steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. An uncomfortable future. God said, here's the future. I'm not through with you, Elijah. I want you to go find two new kings and anoint them. I want you to go find a new man of God and anoint him because I've got some people that need to hear from Jesus. I got some people that need to hear the word of God. They need a voice of God. I'm telling you today that when you think about this, my brothers and sisters in Christ, we've got a lot of stuff happening in the name of Jesus. We've got better programs. We've got more things to entertain us till we get to glory. But what we don't have is men and women and boys and girls who are willing to rise up with the fire of God shut up in their bones and say, you know what? God said that I can be a royal ambassador. Therefore, if God said it, I believe it. That said it, I'm going to cast myself on him and I'm going to go out there and I am going to stand there and God is going to implore through me on Christ's behalf for men and women, boys and girls to be reconciled back to a holy God. That's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 through 21. That's what it says. That's what it says. 
It says, as though God is imploring through you, through you, O Christ's behalf, for men and women, boys and girls, to be reconciled. See, not only is there uncomfortable an uncomfortable future, but there's uncomfortable favor. Uncomfortable favor. Uncomfortable favor. I'm telling you, well, I've touched on this, and I'm going to go wade off into it again. I'm telling you, the church is so worried about boycotting and picketing and, 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 and shunning the world that we're saying, world, just go to hell. We don't want anything to do with you. I'm telling you, it's, unmor it's immoral, it's ungodly, it's wicked. I'm going to sign my petition. I'm going to turn and walk away, and I'm going to go back over here to my first Baptist whatever, to the first United Presbyterian whatever, and I'm going to get over here, and I'm going to get in a holy huddle, and we're going to sing Kumbaya if we just batten down the hatches is somebody in the house today if we just lock the door is somebody here I'm telling you if we just install some new coffee machines to make us more content till we get to heaven it'll all be alright hey guys I think if we if we hunker down if we hunker down if we fold it in that we might just ride this thing out I'm telling you that in the midst of chaos God has not positioned you to hunker down he has not given you a hunker-down mentality. That comes from the devil. God's not given you a spirit to ride it out. You think he gave the spirit to ride it out to those 12 disciples who every one of them lost their life and martyrdom except for John the Revelator who was cast into a, bo a boiling pot of oil who escaped to the island of Patmos and received the book of Revelation? Do you think they had a ride-it-out mentality? Do you think our soldiers had a ride it out mentality when they were fighting on the battlefield. Do you think our forefathers had a ratted out mentality when they pushed and pushed all their chips on the table? They put the farm on the table. They put the business on the table. They put it all on the table and they said, we're going to give it all for the sake of this country. And I'm telling you, had Jesus put it all on the table. As a matter of fact, it was a table called a cross and he laid down his life that we might not write it out God help us I just get a little worked up here we need to repent of riding it out we need to repent of the ride it out mentality there's a city going to hell there's a city going to hell and he's going to ask our churches what did you do about it well we had more events on our property we had more things for us and he's going to say what did you do to leave a mark what did you do to leave a mark? I'm telling you, there's a lot of things leaving a mark on this city, but the church isn't one of them. Amen. An uncomfortable future. Mm. I went back just this week and began to pick up the book, Tortured for Christ. Pastor Richard Wormbrand wrote the book I read a post this week from him when he testified before Congress about all that he went through in his country he didn't say a word he just took his shirt off and showed him the marks for being close to the king he said my marks speak for me I went back and started reading that book because I'm telling you, you better be anchored to the stuff. 
you better know whom you believe in. You better not be a mile wide and an inch deep. Because when the winds blow and the white rapids come, it's going to wash you away. The uncomfortable future, the uncomfortable favor. The uncomfortable favor fell on Elisha. Elisha was out plowing the field, minding his own business. When he hitched those 12 yoke of oxen up on that morning, he never thought he would wait, go to work. That He never thought that he'd go to work that morning as a farmer and go home as a prophet. I'm telling you that when God calls you, it gets uncomfortable. It gets uncomfortable. That's why churches tag out. A couple of weeks ago, somebody came into our building wearing a hoodie draped over his head. It makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? It makes you uncomfortable when you cast your nets in the deep. It makes you uncomfortable when you say, God said, whosoever will, so whosoever will can come in. It makes you uncomfortable, doesn't it? It makes you uncomfortable when you don't know them. It makes you uncomfortable when you don't know where they come from, what their background is, what their story is. It makes you uncomfortable. I'm telling you that Jesus didn't go to the cross to make you comfortable. He went to the cross to make you Christ-like. And the church has adopted, as Bonhoeffer said, a concept of cheap grace. It says, just live however you want, just, just do good and pat yourself on the back. Well, let's just ride this thing out. Let's just ride this thing out. Let's buy up all the property so we keep out on the, the undesirables. As a child, I remember hearing those words from men who were supposed to be men of faith. Let's buy up the property around the church so we can keep out the undesirables. I'm telling you today on the authority of the word of God, Jesus Christ went to the cross for the undesirables. Who was it? Leonard Ravenhill. Somebody asked him. They said about a sinner and said, I can't believe that person, as bad as they are, could come to know Christ. And Ravenhill said, I can't believe that you could come to know Christ. But I'm telling you that we are all sinners. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. It doesn't matter whether you cheated on your final or you are struggling with the concept of homosexuality, or drug in here out of the bed of fornication, I want you to know on the authority of the Word of God that we've all missed the mark. Last thing, uncomfortable faith. Wow, I get to be the prophet. Let me go back and tell my parents about it. He said, no, if you got to do that, you're not the one. And immediately he turned around and he took his oxen and he killed them. And he took his implements and he burned them. People always wonder, what, why did he do that? Why did he do that? I'll tell you why he did it. So that when he was tempted to go back home, he had nothing to go home to. He couldn't say if this prophet thing doesn't work out, I can always go back to farming. <laughs> no. He burned it off. He burned it off. He had no farm to go back to. He had no oxen to go back to. He had no implements to hitch to his neighbor's oxen. He 
burn it all in faith. Today, God's been dealing with some of you for a long time. Just about the concept of salvation. <clears throat> He's been speaking to your heart. Saying, won't you come? Won't you let me live in your heart? And you keep putting it off. Putting it off. Putting it off. Putting it off. There's always tomorrow. <clears throat> Pastor friend of mine scheduled a preacher revival. Died the Sunday it was supposed to start. I wasn't sick. Top, just top of the world. Died. Just this week, a point guard. Wasn't a point guard for New Orleans basketball team. What, 23? Say, you trying to scare me, preacher? No. I'm going to be real. We don't know when it is. Quit struggling. Quit trying to patch this thing up with concepts of the world and throw yourself at the mercy seat of God and say, Lord, I open my heart's door. Won't you come live in me? And then some of you, You've been running from the call of God so long. You might as well give it up. You might as well give it up. You can't outlast him. He doesn't have to sleep. He's God. He works the night shift. He keeps you up all night. I'll never forget my pastor <clears throat> was working in Baton Rouge, drove home. Holy Spirit fell on me the way home. I drove straight home to see the pastor. I was crying. I was so miserable. I'll never forget what he told me. He said, Brad, he said, when are you going to sell all that fancy stuff you got and just get in the will of God? He said, you'd be better off to get you an old broke-down, beat-up pickup truck and be in the will of God than to have all that you have running from him. Now, my calling was different than what your calling may be. God was calling me to be a pastor. He may be calling you to be a businessman, but instead of using your business for your own personal gain, your own personal empire, to use it for the kingdom. To use it for the kingdom. To use it for the kingdom. He may be calling you to be a doctor. You be a doctor for the glory of God. He may be calling you to be an engineer. You be an engineer for the glory of God. He may be calling you to be a teacher. Then you mold young people for the glory of God. Quit cowering down. And let him implore people through you. On Christ's behalf. For men and women, boys and girls. Be reconciled back to a holy God. Hey guys. If you're looking for a place to ride it out, this isn't the spot. This isn't the spot. If you're looking for a place to batten down the hatches, this isn't the spot. Because we're determined to leave a mark. We're not trying to grow a church. If we're trying to grow a church, we'd be doing things a lot different. We want to leave a mark on this city. We want to leave a mark on this city. We got these summer interns, missionaries, 
dedicating their life to leave a mark on this city. Do you realize the significance of that? Do you realize that we're not subcontracting out the work of the ministry, but we're actually doing it ourselves? You say, boy, I can't do that, Pastor. No, but you can go find them when they're in the hood. And say, hey, 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 come, come over here. I brought you some popsicles. Hey, guys, come, come over here. Come over here. Got you some cold lemonade. Tell me about your day. Tell me about that person that slammed the door on you. Did you get a good cussing yet? Tell me about your victories. Tell me about the husband you prayed for. Tell me about your divine appointments. That's our job. Our job. Our job is to be their cheerleaders. Our job is to be their heroes. Saying, don't back up. Don't let up. You can do this. You can do it. <laughs> I was watching a show yesterday called American Pickers. You seen it? They was in Louisiana, and one of them loved to eat oysters. And so he made a bet that he could eat six dozen oysters raw. And when he got on that six dozen, he was done. Before you knew it, here's what he, he had people all around the restaurant surrounding him. It was cheering his name. Bye, 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 bye. You can do it. You can do it do it and when he wanted to quit he couldn't quit because he had everybody looking at him that's what our missionaries need they need you there chanting their name calling their name they need you walking with them hey church if I didn't believe we could leave a mark I'd go do something else but I think we can leave a mark Will you go with me? Will you go with me? Hey, sir. Ma'am, will you go with me? Young person, will you go with me? You go with me this summer? High school students, will you go with me? Instead of sleeping till one, will you go with us? Instead of playing Xbox or whatever your games are till two in the morning, will you go with us? Will you go to bed early so you can get up early? Go with us? Will you go with us? Will you go with us? Let's do this. This sermon today, I know that God is wanting to do a great transition in your life. It may be uncomfortable, and there may be some difficulties happening in your life. But if you will trust God, he will begin to bring you through it. When you think about where you are, God is wanting to take you to the next level. At Family of Grace, it is our greatest desire to continue to engage a city and impact it for his glory, to make a difference and to begin to uh, multiply the impact of our ministry throughout the city. Many of you have already been stopping and asking me. We shared previously about our southern strategy and the, the, the strategy for the summer engaging the city on the south part of town. And uh, thank you for your interest in that. Thank you for stopping us. Thank you for calling, asking about that. 
And thank you for continuing to support this ministry. Many of you began to help us financially with our ministry to invest and impact the city. I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for engaging in that area of ministry with us. This week, we began to, uh, our missionaries began to engage the city. And so if you'll begin to pray for them as they go throughout the city all summer, that God could use them in a great way and for his glory. Once again, at Family of Grace, if there is any way that we can help you, if there is anything that we can do to help further your ministry or help you in your life or with your family, it would be one of our greatest desires. So once again, if you'll reach out to us and let us know what God is doing in your heart and your life, it would really and truly be a blessing to us. We hope you have a great week and look forward to seeing you again next Sunday.